is so high in the neighborhood. But love don't call what she said she would. Friends who come don't stay for good, no, no. Won't take that mama's kiss Bible say we all from the same river But some of us go to heaven too soon Why some of us get to heaven too soon What's up, y'all? This is Eric Go Radio. We just kicked it off uh, with an amazing, beautiful little number from from Jamila Woods, and we have her here today. What's up? Hey. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I like. I want to talk to you about everything, but before we do, we always want to like here at Ergo keep the community in tune with what's going on in the community. For the record, it's Ergo WHPK 88.5 ErgoRadio.com. Yeah. I'm Daniel. I'm Damon. In case in case you didn't know. Yeah, if you don't know. Anyway, here's what you need to know. A couple of things you need to know about going on in the city. First off, tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, at the CPD headquarters on 35th and Michigan, and Michigan um, is their police board hearing. We continually pack those out, uh, demanding the firing of Dante Servin, the police officer who murdered Rakia Boyd. Um, come through 7 p.m. tonight. Continue that fight. They've been... Recommended he be recommended, excuse me, that he be fired. He's still on the payroll. He's still around. He's still doing his thing. We got to get him out of here. Come through 7 p.m. tonight. Yep. And then this weekend, actually, we could all talk about this. <laughs> this Saturday, there's the the winter block party. I'm hosting it, so I'm super excited. You oh, didn't even know? I didn't even know at all. Breaking news. Oh, bum, 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 bum. Yeah, we do our own sound effects, <laughs> as you know. Um, so at the Metro, uh, Young Chicago Authors, in collaboration with... Uh, Chicago Public Media, that's WBZ and Vocalo, putting on uh, the seventh annual uh, Winter Block Party featuring all kinds of artists and break dancers. And I'm, I will be next door at G-Man, uh, which is a bar next door where I've been putting together this art gallery in collaboration with a bunch of folks. Ooh, check you out. Uh, you, you may see me. The de- young curator. Out hey, there. that's my rap name, young curator. <laughs> DJing a little bit, spinning here and there. Um, but come through 12 to 5, and then there's a great concert that night. Uh, featuring some, a few very special folks, including one that we'll get to in just a minute. One couple of last events. On the 31st, I mentioned this last week, Damon and I are hosting Death and Taxes. It's a fundraiser at Emporium to help raise the money to save Via Rosa's house from the tax man. Um, it's an amazing lineup. Malcolm London, uh, Dally Austin, Medicine Woman, which is her... Uh, John Doe, Raven Linnae, Andrea Smith, a couple other folks. It's going to be a great show. It's free. Come help save her house. Have a good time. Play a little pinball if that's your game. True, true. So now, what we are here to do, I am so excited. So I, I love this job. It's a really great job outside of the like not getting paid thing. Uh, is that I get to like talk and learn about the people that I admire. So Miss Jamila Woods, welcome to Ergo Radio, and I'm so excited to get to talk to you today. How are you feeling on this day, this week? 
How is the world treating you? How are you treating it? Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm happy, really excited to be here finally. Um, I'm doing good today. I am, I feel like a lot of things are going on, but I'm just like floating, you know, just trying to keep it. You, keep you it are cool. a floater. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta float through life with such a, a pleasant spirit. You're, I'm just smiling so much being in the room with you. Like a, uh, like a hoverboard? Mm. Hoverboard are those the things you those ride? Those little oh. things. Not that so the much like do. that. Those are no, scary. I feel yeah. like I wouldn't be able to. They also like explode all the time. Like there's lots of footage of those just bursting on fire. Anyway, let's get <laughs> let's get back to you. Um, you know, we, we mentioned uh, this winter block party on Saturday, yes. which I think it's safe to say you're the headliner. I suppose. I, I guess suppose I'm so. at the end, but <laughs> I think that the whole show I is going to be so crazy. Um, yeah, there's. Uh, Rick Wilson, Kwaku Collins, and Raven Linnae. And there's a bunch of people um, who are on the LTAP mixtape who are doing little spotlights. So you get like, I don't know, mad artists for, you know, not not that much money at all. You should totally come. Everybody. Well, we'll keep showing love to all them, but for right now it's just about you. <laughs> so let's, let's keep it right there. Is this your first kind of like with your name on the on the bill headlining major show? Yes, like the the very first time I performed was I think a month or two ago at at the Sticks Jam, and that was just with tracks, you know, like just me trying some stuff out. So this is my first with a band, um, doing the new music that I've been working on. So it's exciting. Yeah, and I know some of that new music was finally you know let out into the world officially this week mm -hmm. with a a brand new song that we'll, we'll play in a little bit, Black Girl Soldier, uh, and of course you announced like on the on the business end that you'll be putting out a project in collaboration with Closed Sessions, the mm -hmm. Chicago-based label. First off, like, this is a lot of jumps and growth and, like, announcements to the world. How are you feeling about all these things in this moment? That's a good question. I feel like I was, I was really excited to put the song Black Girl Soldier out. I actually mm -hmm. wrote it about a year ago, like January of last year, and it was yeah, the first time. It acapella in a different spots for a while yeah i was telling i was telling daniel that like i've been performing it a lot so it feels like it should have already been out in a way but i'm really glad that we put the care um and took the time to really get it get it right and done so it feels good to have the song out it feels like i don't know there's a mixed feeling of like having like really loving to share it but then also like ah like have to like get off twitter and like be a person because <laughs> i will like it's, it's just, you know, you have to just stay working at the same right, time. Right. So with the song that you, you've had uh, such a, a long relationship with, did that affect the, like, recording or production process at all? Like, did you do, like, reiterations and, and keep revisiting because you became more familiar with it on stage? Well, yeah, in a way, I when I wrote it... Um, yeah, the writing kind of stayed the same, but it was kind of like building the song around right. it. And it felt like it needed, um, I really liked the beat, but it felt like it needed more energy to it. So I was, um, I asked Saba to kind of revamp the beat. And that's when I was like, oh, shit. Oh, crap. Oh, man. I didn't <laughs> uh, we got beef with the FCC. We got to get at least one out. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, that's this is what it needed, you know, and that kind of, um, from there, I really wanted to collaborate with the visual artist, Max Sansing, um, cause he just did the book cover for one of my close friends, Nate Marshall, his okay. Wild Hundreds oh, book. Yeah. And that I really love his dope. art. And, and he'll, he'll be at the gallery or at least his work will be at the gallery. Oh, that's Shout amazing. Out to the young curator. Hey man, what can I say? What can I say? What can I say? <laughs> yeah. 
he yes. has this really dope theme that he does with all of his figures that he draws. He has like war paint. I heard him describe it as like a war paint, like a something that protects them. And so I really wanted to incorporate that with the song because it felt like a really good match. Yeah, I mean, of course, I love the song. I've been playing it on repeat and we're excited to play it on the air. But, um, you know, listening to the structure of it, you know, kind of born out of some of the chants and calls to arms that we hear and say in the street, in the city, and or across the country, I always kind of like, I flinch when things are called anthems. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I, I never liked that word. I feel like it has all these like weird connotations. Uh, for you, were you trying to kind of create, not necessarily like a rallying cry, but like something that you could imagine a room full of people or a crowd full of people uh, bringing their voices together on? Or was like, who are you thinking of this being for? Yeah, I think... I think when I was writing it, like I literally cried, like after I wrote it, like I just, I I think it was just for me, like one of those times where you feel like something comes through you versus when you were sitting down thinking, trying to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, But after it was written and after, you know, I, I was thoughtful, you know, that I sampled this chant that I learned at this meeting. And also just every time I see BYP, BYP 100 or you know, just my friends who are very in into the activist movement or just when I see my fellow black women just going through daily life with the microaggressions and things that come mm-hmm. with that, just wanting there to be something that was sp- felt like spoke to that. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what I... Was there, was there ever a moment, um, like, as someone who, who like, inhabits both of those worlds, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, was there ever a moment where you were, like, nervous or uncomfortable about like using the you know the the chant not saying like I'm all for mm-hmm. it but like there's sometimes where like I'll have something that was intended to be for a song yes and then like I you say it on the street okay, like, and it's, it's like I don't want to like you know go back and forth and it, it's kind of a, a precarious kind of vulnerable thing yeah I feel like I in my work I sample a lot mm-hmm. um like with my voice and so I, I don't see it as different from true, like true. a rapper, or a producer, yeah. like taking in a sample. It's just that I do it with my own voice and I make sure to shout it out like where it comes from. And right. I feel like that's a way of always keeping my influences and the legacies a part of my work and kind of always making that something that's at the forefront. You do it very well. Thank you. <laughs> that's enough talking about the song. Why don't we go ahead and actually hear it? Uh, Jamila Woods, Black Girl Soldier, out now on the SoundCloud, had that young Billboard premiere. You know, we're, we're on the business end here. Mm-hmm. You're big time out That's here. <laughs> yeah, yes. well, I, I want to talk a little bit about that when we come back. But first, let's hear the track, Black Girl Soldier. You're listening to Ergo Radio, W-H-P-K.
That was the amazing Jamila Woods with Black Girl Soldier. And that joint, I'm going to say it, man, that is an anthem. It's my <laughs> anthem. I love that song. So um, I didn't even realize this as this like conversation that like, ooh, watch out, man. <laughs> I just smacked Daniel in there. <laughs> That's what you get. Yeah, <laughs> you got to stay out of my way. Um, <laughs> but I didn't even realize this. This was becoming like a Twitter conversation last week that you were about to have this song coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but as like that article, what was that? The I think L, The Black Girl Magic. Yes. Can, can you, you don't have to get too much about what the article said, but mm-hmm. can you kind of uh, surmise what, what you believe the idea or the or, or, or like the the framework of black girl magic is because it, it's interesting that there's becoming a debate around it. Yeah, I actually I went on my first ever Twitter rant. Yeah, I saw it. Article. I was proud of you. I was like, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, but I I've been thinking about it since, and just to give background, like the article was a, a black woman writing about how she feels like um, you know as a person with a chronic illness, like she doesn't often feel magical as a word that describes her, and how like black girl magic can make it seem like black women are supposed to be like strong or supposed to be superhuman. Um, and I can feel where she's coming from, but I, I really just it struck me um, as just a very wrong interpretation mm-hmm. of what black girl magic is. And I feel like the the whole point is that we are inventing it, so it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're your magical equals perfect. Mm-hmm. It's saying how you are, you know, chronic illness or, you know, your Afro's not looking good today, like mm-hmm. ashy, like whatever it is, like y- you can define that for yourself. And that's what self-love is. It's like always that active thing. And it's not, um, it's not going to be a, a monolithic thing for anyone. Yeah. And there's a difference between like flawless and magic. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be, it's not perfect, but it's, it's like in, who we are. It's mm-hmm. is that a Beyonce shot? Yeah, no, we're starting beef with an R and B singer no, early this no, week. We can't do that one. We can't beef with the FCC, but I'm trying to stay alive, man. <laughs> you well, can't go with Beyonce. <laughs> a lot of it too, like, is often when I hear it, it's like other like black women seeing other women and being like, I see you, you know? And so like, that's also an opportunity. Yeah. It's like to affirm each other, which I think is something that's really important. 
Where so so this was a a, a big release um, because it, it it was done with like a push behind it and, and some mm-hmm. some more news and your relationship that you're building with closed sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so so how, how did that come about and, and, and where are you feeling in terms of like being a a music professional so to speak now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I, I. How did it come about? I I think it just came about through you know different people kind of saying oh I could see this connection here like my manager Sherrod or like. Kevin Coble, like oh, people just being like, you should talk to them. Um, and I have, I think I have like commitment issues <laughs> with everything. Like even groups like that I really love that I'm a part of now, like even Dark Noise. Like I think I enter any relationship like, you know, kind of just like in the corner, like looking, like scoping it out yeah. sort of. So, but I think, I think it's important to build those relationships because especially as an artist in Chicago, we don't really have, you know, a music industry that's right. really, you know, sought after or looked at. And so I, I'm really excited to be a part of of building that. And I think it's just gonna require me to be more vocal about, you know, what do I want this right. relationship to look like and how can we build this together. Right. So 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 the headline says, you know, Jamila Wood signs with with uh-huh. Club Sessions. Um and, and so in this kind of new era of the music industry and with Closed Sessions kind of being somewhat of a product of a new model or a new paradigm, uh-huh. uh, what what does that mean without getting too much in your business? But like what does that mean to you or to the people that Jamila Woods is signed to Closed Sessions? Mm-hmm. We have the contract here. We're gonna read it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um but I think to me what it means, like part of what I was looking for was more producers to collaborate with and okay, and so true. for me the one of the most exciting parts of it is working with Odd Couple. We've been working together a lot. Um he's a really dope producer and it's just cool to just be in a space and ha- like they literally just sit around and make music with each other and there's a nice really chill vibe. Um so I'm I'm really excited to just be a part of that um yeah. because that's I'd rather be making music and community than, you know, in my room, even though I do really love making music in my room late at night. Um, but I, I, I want to also explore that other aspect. Yeah, I mean, that hesitation or that, you know, kind of scoping it out that you discussed, mm-hmm. I think that makes perfect sense to me, especially stepping into like a, a, an industry where there's so much potential for things to go sideways or just to be like gross Mm -hmm. like it's it's not even like oh we got screwed you know not everything's a motown contract but there's also just like i mean talk about beyonce shots then very Mm -hmm. gordy shots hey man those contracts were bogus i feel it i'm about the beef but i'm just i'm just making sure we keep a tab absolutely no we're on the whiteboard (laughs) we'll put it up all the people we have beef with um but no i i just i think especially like from the point of view of looking at uh microaggressions as a like and the toll that those take. I see, you know, mm-hmm. in the little pieces that I kind of overlap with the industry and have over the last couple of years, like you see these things that make you flinch, mm-hmm. right? So I'm wondering for you, like, why choose to enter? The, like, because it's one thing to be an artist and make music. It's another thing to participate in an industry for good and bad. Like, it, why go this kind of traditional route with it? Mm. Um I I don't feel like it's necessarily a traditional route, but I Mm. feel like it's kind of maybe in the middle Um, because I feel I still feel my artistic freedom like I have never I have not yet to feel, you know, like that's being encroached upon and I want to preserve that. Um, But I do feel like I can 
I can, I mean, I, Ch- Chance really inspires me right. in what he's done. And I, I love like the Forbes interview quote about like, you know, why his music is free and why, um, you know, you can't, you can't put a price on my song. So, you know, it's going to be free and I'll have revenue in different ways. Um, and I still really like my project will be free. Um, and I still like the, my first project will be, and I really value that, but I also, on the other hand, want there to be a Chicago industry. Like all of, mm-hmm. I have so many young people who are so talented, like so many students I see all the time who want to do this. And I would love it to feel like Chicago is a place for them to do that. So while I, you know, want to retain my artistic integrity in order to build up a Chicago industry, I have to participate in it. Um, And so I can't just over here, like do my own thing and then, you know, hope for the best. You know, I kind of want to, you know, try to try to be a part of the building. Yeah. And so you mentioned, uh, seeing these immensely talented students. Um, and we haven't even gone close to that piece of, I, I think like, you know, there are certain roles that come up with a lot of the folks that we talk to of educator and artist and vocalist, you know, all these roles that I think you embody in a way that I think more than anyone, you 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 embody them with this like grace. And I actually like wrote down a phrase for it. Let me see if I can Ooh, find it. Take hey, notes. Yeah, I'm prepared I'm critical here. of these pre-win bars here. But I'm off the dome. <laughs> off the dome. <laughs> well, I think they're, I, we'll, we'll view them as equal, though, the, right. the two. Um, and when Jamila raps at the end, we'll see whether it's a freestyle. Oh, yeah, well, no. It's put it on that. the spot. We didn't talk about that. No. I didn't tell Brittany last week about the poem. This week, uh, yeah, no, oh, Jamila. No, no. 64 bars. <laughs> Let's see. Let's go. But yeah, I mean, basically, there's this, like, joy and patience and grace to the way that whether it's you know, you are on stage or, you know, where I see you most is in uh, some sort of learning space as a teacher, as an administrator. Um, from where you sit now, like, how do you keep that patience and keep that grace and build these relationships with these students? And like, what's what are some of the meaningful pieces that come out of that? Hmm. Well, I think those are great words. I feel those ways sometimes, <laughs> um, but not all the time. But I feel like that's it's a, a it's really a self. It the work feeds me, and that's the reason I'm able to continue doing it. Like, I uh, I had a hard week, and like I've been, or not a hard week, but it, you know it's busy, and like it's you do you know feel tired sometimes or feel burnt out. Um, but then I got to go over to um, you know one of my maybe former student like mentee like people's like houses and we just hung out and just ate Thai food and just you know talked and you know like there's there's ways that I feel re-energized by understanding that what I'm doing is connected to something greater that um if I wasn't doing it I don't know if I would have that same energy or even write what I write Mm -hmm. um even though sometimes it's like damn like or dang, I work, you know, full time, like I work right. a full time job and I do like a couple other like different part time jobs mm-hmm. and trying to do music. And so there aren't enough hours in the day sometimes, but there's always room for like that personal connection and that those relationships that I have with my students, I feel like are really something that feed me. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, I think to, to Kiss's point, like we have a lot of people on here that, that wear multiple hats or that have had multiple experiences. You know, they, they've 
you know, been writers and poets and been teaching artists and been performing artists. And I think more than anyone that I know, you kind of embody the, the best balance of them all. You know, it's, it's some people like I used to write poems. Now mm. I rap, you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes a poem comes out. Yeah. Uh, but but, you know, you are still um, it feels equally active in, in your being a teaching artist, a writing and performing artist and a musician mm. um, and, and and the relationships that come with all of that. Um, and, and so is it is it. Is it becoming somewhat burdensome or, or, or heavy to, 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 to have those plates spinning all at once? Well, I feel like I've gotten a lot better at being patient with myself in terms of, um, like I had a professor once who was like, I'm a writer and I wake up every day and I write. And the day I don't do that, I will no longer be a writer. And I just don't, that's <laughs> yeah. not my life. Like I, <laughs> I think I'm writing poems all the time, like walking around, like they're marinating in me and mm. one day they'll come out. And it's just like about being patient with that and, and just trusting that, that, that that's the case. Um, and I can't, like, I, I like the ebb and flow of, like, oh, I'm, I'm really writing a lot of songs right now. Um, or, you know, now I'm writing more poems mm-hmm. or and just understanding that each one is, you know, making me a stronger artist as, yeah. as a whole. And, and, and so so with that, like, I, 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 there's some people that I like respect and admire that I have this little joke with and mm-hmm. are talented. Like, yo, are you famous yet? And there are like a few times I like walk up to you and like kind of like, yo, you're about to be famous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now you are starting to like you know, more and more tap at, at some of that prominence and visibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of in all three realms, yeah. too. Like, the profile grows. And they don't operate independently, but the profile is growing on all three. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and so I have, like, kind of two curiosities mm-hmm. with you about that. One, um, it feels from from being around you for a while now that your natural nature is, is so pleasantly reserved and internal. <laughs> I uh, thought you were going to say yeah. you like awkward. No, no. You're like the most adorable person <laughs> ever. But like, but like you, you, you are very nice much to, to, your, <laughs> to yourself and, and, and you, you could comfortably observe, you know, mm-hmm. and, and from, from outside. And then you yeah. also have these relationships with young people. Um, and, and so is there any concern about like becoming more public and becoming more visible and, and having mm-hmm. your platform expand, um, especially if it has to take you out of your comfort zone or also alter the relationships that you have? Mm, yeah, I think I haven't really thought too much about that, but that is definitely like an eminent thought. Um, yeah, I feel like there's there's an element of working with young people to where I was famous to them or, you know, amazing to them way right. before anyone else really <laughs> knew or cared. So I really appreciate about that, like yeah. the, that about them. Like they're just, they can make you feel on top of the world. Yeah. And then at the on the flip side of that, you could also go into classrooms where they're like, what? Like Sunday <laughs> candy, what? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you do? Like, yeah. I don't care. I don't like being in school, <laughs> you know? So like, there's also that. So I, I feel like working with young people that will, always continue and I don't feel that I will ever allow whatever else is happening yeah. to encroach onto that sacred Well, because because it, it, it was interesting for me uh I was out with my cousin on my 13th birthday at that event at MCA mm-hmm. um and I was like you know that's Jamila Woods and, he, and then we you know the Sunday candy thing came up um and he met you on his birthday and he felt cool oh, for that right and so like, I'm like wow like Jamila's having that impact um and a lot of that especially locally probably with youth um, is it, hinged to the relationship you've had with Chance. Um, so, so you know, y'all have kind of been rocking with on both of each other's stuff from like both of y'all's jump, like from from, from Jump Street. Um, so, so how do you, how what is your perception of that relationship now, especially as you've like 
touch these platforms with him. You know, you've been on SNL, like that's super duper large. How, how do you take all that in and the relationship you have with him? Um, well, I'm really, I was really excited to share the SNL experience with them. And I'm, I'm really excited for the new stuff that Chance is working on and all of the social experiment, like what Peter's working on, Nate, Nico, like I, I love working with all of them and it really uh, inspires me. I remember like the, the song you opened with, Questions, happened after me, um, me and Owen, my, my bandmate was we were uh, visiting Nico in LA and it was the first time I had ever went somewhere just to do music. And so I think like it was questions we were sitting in Nico's living room in his little like on like a TV dinner table, like studio (laughs) setup, And like, we just wrote it in this, in this way that felt very effortless. And I think whenever I get a chance to go into the studio with chance or any of, you know, those guys, it feels like, a moment to as if you know this was all I do kind of and so it feels really special in that way yeah I, I want to go back to one of the questions you asked Dame about that like um the that maybe anxiety of like something being lost as things grow because mm-hmm. I, I I do think like you're talking about balancing these things from at least from externally it seems very smooth it seems like you're doing it really well um and actually, I'm going to flip the script. Dame, like, how do you think about that stuff? Just because it's something I've been thinking about a lot as, you know, as more microphones turn to the city and mm. more cameras spin, like... Like being and, an activist, being right. an artist. And we talk yeah. a lot on the show about, yeah. like, taking up space, right? And there's all kinds of different ways that that happens. But, like, how are you thinking yeah, about it's, that? It's, it's a day-to-day process for me, and, and, and it just makes it more difficult to, like, make long-term plans as the world mm. is changing so quickly. So, you know... Um, I, I wanted to release, you know, videos on like a little EP by by April Fool's Day, but first because because we are April Fools. But now with like I, I'm having a new position in BYP and just got elected into leadership, mm-hmm. uh, I want to be very careful. Thank you. I want to be very careful of like oh getting famous off off being an activist. You know, that's that's like a really weird and and, and vulnerable thing. Um, and, and so figuring out how to also be aware of like. I'm a black man and like the history of this, right? That's why, you know, black girl soldier is so important um, is because black women are so often erased and marginalized mm-hmm. by the space that charismatic black male individuals take up. Um, and I don't want to recreate that paradigm, but I also have all these things I like to do mm-hmm. and things that I'm trying to offer. So just trying to learn um, and be responsive, mostly to, 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 to the black women in my life. Um, you know, I think J- Jamila is a great example um, because, you know, I think the work that you do as a teaching artist, the work that you do in schools, the work you do at YCA is of equal um, importance as to, you know, screaming at police or, you know, doing legislative work or anything like that. Um, and it takes the same type of effort and sincerity. Um, so so I've had great examples. Um, so, so like, this is why I'm excited to have her here and, ha- and be able to talk to you because learning kind of how you're intentional about how you take up space is, is something that I think more men specifically mm. need to try to... Um, recreate or, or learn from hmm. yeah any uh i thoughts. feel like i'm moderating right now but like, any, any, any thoughts on that uh, yeah, it, yeah they're just good questions to keep mm-hmm. asking yeah i think it's yeah really important to be thoughtful in that way about the the space that you take up but i think the art that you're making i think art doesn't take up space it creates space mm-hmm. so like i i wouldn't censor yourself you know because of your position i think that that's really awesome that you could create and you have a ear to the people who are actually on the ground and you can speak to their experience in a way that other artists maybe couldn't. Oh, so, yeah. 
So get in the Excited. studio, Dave. <laughs> word, word. <laughs> Quit with all the excuses. <laughs> well, speaking of the studio, I think I think it's about time to let the people hear some more, Jamila. Um, this is WHPK 88.5 Ergo Radio. What you got up, Kiss? I got a fun little story on this one. So a couple years back, uh, Jamila and her band at the time, M&O, put out a song called The Joy, which I loved. Um, and then we loved so much. So one of the first things, okay, I'm going way back. One of the first things that Damon and I ever worked on together was we did a show at the college we went to where we brought a bunch of folks from mm-hmm. here down there to perform, including M&O. Um, mm-hmm. And while you were there, you recorded a, like, just oh, you you're going bass. back to the... We're going way back. Okay. Uh, so we came up into the radio station at school and recorded this kind of acoustic session of the song, The Joy. Um, so I thought we'd dig into the archives and play that. I think it holds up. I think it great. sounds really damn good. <laughs> I'm uh, excited. Okay. Well, this is an exclusive there, Loki. Well, I think I played it on KDIC 88.5 uh, Grinnell College, uh, Grinnell, losers. Iowa. <laughs> so they got the exclusive, yeah. but uh, but uh, barely heard, very rare, uh, Jamila Woods, <laughs> The Joy, W-H-P-K. Yeah. 
That was the joy, an amazing acoustic version that I've never heard. You've probably never heard that either. I've seen it on the YouTube. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. It's All a right. lovely video. <laughs> give give Kadek those views right there. <laughs> station to station uh, shout outs. You know? uh, I'm not too big on, on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slipping back into my old station manager role nah, here. Come on now. I got beef with everybody. You know, <laughs> you know how it goes. But Including me? That's you. That's okay. you. The All institution. Right. Um, but back to, let's focus. Um, what an amazing song. Like, I... I I, I tell the story like there was probably like a semester and a half uh, where like I would start my days with that song, mm-hmm. um, and, and I've seen it bring people to tears repeatedly. I've heard a lot of black women say that like it, it gets them through their day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, how does that how does that feel to to have had that impact? How did, how does it feel to like physically have that live in, in performances? Yeah, I think. Like when me and Owen would perform this song, we we always used to talk about it as like it can do it can we can perform it anywhere mm-hmm. and it can have a, like it's not only that it speaks to black women but I think yeah, to anyone which has it's been the, the the surprising and <laughs> awesome thing. Um, but I think yeah, it's it reminds me of um, like the way sometimes in poems, like you'll address a poem to one person, but then mm-hmm. because of the specificity of it it resonates. And I think like I, w- I was thinking about my sister um, when I wrote this song and there's like specific like inside inside things that she might hear that other people won't. But then mm-hmm. there's there's all all of this, I guess, emotion or just the, the sentiment behind it that I think just reminds people of things that they have experienced or that they feel. Also, sh- just shout out to the Woods family. Like you, you shout are, you, out to the Woods family. <laughs> you're such a beautiful big sister. Like y'all is y'all are like an amazing tribe. <laughs> and make art together yeah. too. And I know yes, you, you... my sisters are amazing. You should check out Yada Yada. Um, that's my one of my sisters, Ayana. She's uh, a really amazing producer, composer, singer. Um, Camaria is working on some music as well. And my brother also makes music, and it's just going to be like an amazing computer scientist and probably have a real job that <laughs> none of us can have yeah, he, but yeah <laughs> but but uh but 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 back to to the impact you have with words i think it, it speaks to um the amazing poet that you are and we're not really giving um adequate space to that because this has been a big week from jamila woods the musician uh but i want to go back to a the first time I ever met you, um, I wasn't point, I was pointing at you, not the other <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I got really emphatic. <laughs> I got really emphatic about this story. I, I don't know if you remember this. It was like five years ago um, at at a real talk open mic, um, mm. and, and I think my sister was um, like featuring. That's why I was there. This was like before I was even a part of the mm. community. Um, and you, I don't. Do you remember this poem? It was about menstruation. Yeah, I think the Sistine Chapel. Mm-hmm. 
And like yep. it just had, a, I had like known about you. I had seen you like on YouTube before, a couple times. Like the Twitter world kind of had me up, uh, but that was my first time seeing you live um, and seeing the impact that you had on on the woman I was with at the time, who like was not into poetry. Mm. Um, I just had to come up like, "Yo, you're super dope," uh, and I've told you that kind of ever ever since. Uh, but but do do you remember kind of that? Era, do you remember Jamila five years ago? The like the <laughs> yes, slam killer. Remember, <laughs> slam <Yes>. killer. <laughs> Jamila, the slam guy. I like that. That's great. You gotta make t-shirts with that on it. <laughs> I'm giving nicknames out all day. Hey man. That's great. I definitely remember that poem. And that that was I had a a lot of times in my poetry I was trying to like change the perception of something, like mm. especially things that aren't considered beautiful or or considered abnormal um, Mm -hmm. that are natural. So like natural hair or, you know, periods. Like, you know, just I really loved writing about those things and writing about them in in a praiseworthy way. And and so, you know, now in your poetic life, uh, I think... What I think of most is, is you as a part of the collective Dark Noise. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out, just shout out to Squad. And, Squad. and, and, and what, is, what is Dark, Dark noise? noise? Dark Noise is a collective of poets. We all identify as poets, but, you know, we're all, you know, dabbling in a lot of different things. Multi-talented crew. Um, it's Fatima, Oscar, Franny Choi, Denez Smith, Nate Marshall, and Aaron Samuels. Did I say Janice Smith already? <laughs> yeah, so there's six of us. And um, yeah, we we kind of came together all having graduated college and trying to be in the arts and specifically in the poetry world. Mm. Um, it's hard being in a, a poet of color um, and recognizing that publishing spaces are often very white spaces, very white male-centric spaces, not very queer spaces. And so just having, tr- trying to create like a, a support group, kind of yeah. like a network between ourselves, but also, um, you know, just kind of helping to lift each other up. And I feel like the the Ruth Lilly, the the grant that I just got, like there's no way I would have gotten that or applied if I hadn't mm. been in the collective. Because it was like the year previous when Denez won the award, everyone was like, let's submit to this. And like I told you, like I don't I don't commit to things. I don't, you know, <laughs> I was like, y'all go ahead, you know, go ahead. And so then the, the following year, I was like, okay, okay, fine. Like I'll do it. And then, you know, they helped me edit it. We all like edit each other's things. So it's a really, it's a really great space. And it's inspiring to see now a bunch of young people um, at YCA because, you know, Nate and Fatih, you know, we all teach there. Um, they're like, oh, we, we got we got a collective too now. Like, we're come to our collective thing. Like, And I really love that. I think that that should really spread everywhere. Like, everyone should build with their team because that yeah. just makes everyone stronger. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing, empowering model and role model for those folks who are doing that now. For y'all, was there an example either within poetry or outside, whether it was in hip hop or something that you looked at as like, let's build our crew here? Um, we we talked about the Wu-Tang Clan a lot. The Wu-Tang Clan of poetry. Um, <laughs> That's cool. We also, there is a collective called Dark, um, what is it called? No, the D- Dark Room. I don't know. There's like, there's like a collective of... Um, you know, poets that are really dope who, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of collectives too, whether they had a name or not, right. you know, like Gwen, Gwendolyn Brooks role with a crew of people, Hakim Adbudi. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we definitely look to that and it's not new, you know, it's not new, the idea of circles rising together. So we were inspired by that. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I want to go back to something you said about circles like, rising. That should be the name of something. Yeah, and you rise with your. I like that. Maybe uh, again, we're gonna come out with t-shirt lines with nicknames and slogans on it. Our merch <laughs> game is crazy right now. Uh, but I want to go back to you know you talked about like the the publishing world being a very white space and not a very open queer space. Uh, and I'm thinking about like one of the things that I think. <clears throat> excuse me, like I've watched you do in various ways is operate in PWSs. I think we just need predominantly white spaces. Um, From, you know, we did a gig at Brown where you went to college uh, to, you know, just like, Mm -hmm. and then like the the nonprofit world and even, you know, the music industry when you Mm -hmm. move past the performers in terms of, you know, who's pulling the strings there. Yeah. how do you what are are there any tools you use to navigate that yeah it's almost like um i you know i was born in like the washington heights area and when i was very young my family moved to beverly and so i grew up in a predominantly white environment um and i think that's that's part of i think where that attitude of going into a room and sitting in the corner and observing comes from because mm-hmm. i felt like whenever i went outside my house i was more on on that tip Mm -hmm. and inside my house I was you know that's where my creativity and my openness and you know wanting to explore the world kind of it's it's that immense freedom of just being with my siblings with my family um and so uh I forgot what I was trying to answer so no you like Beverly and living in oh the the, yeah the white spaces so I think I think there's a way I had to learn to navigate white spaces from a very young age so it's not that I necessarily feel uncomfortable in those spaces um I feel like I've had to learn how to become more comfortable in those spaces but going to college I felt I I I I got this language to describe all these (laughs) feelings yeah. and all yeah, these experiences no, sure. I had. so I was more like radicalized and like wait like that was what that was like that okay that's okay not right. that's not right yeah and so then it became I I do remember times when oh I have this poem about you know that speaks about whiteness in this way like and now I have this gig where all the people are white like do I perform this one or do I not and I think I've become I got into the place where I recognize that you know everything that I write is from a place of love and from a place of, you know, that that James Baldwin type of love, you know, like you got to tell people what's up in order to have people grow, in order to grow together. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think I've, I've grown in that way. And I want my work to, I, I think specifically about often like my sisters or black women, like when I create, but I hope that always like the joy, like my work resonates with a broader audience because that's how it can have the broadest impact. Yeah, no, for sure. I just think like it's, um, I mean, you mentioned Baldwin being kind of a perfect example of this, right? Like in terms of like concretely, sometimes he would like address things to like one specific guy or to uh-huh. like just white folks in general. Uh, but then there's also, and we've, Damon, we've talked about this a little bit, like the idea of being like a, like a darling, like a liberal darling. And I think it happens like in like entertainment spaces. It happens in education, all this stuff where it's like, like 
I, it's tough to even describe. Do you know what I'm? What I'm talking I do not about? know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, basically, like the idea is like hang in right there. That's fine. Like, <laughs> like if, a if, token. It's like if enough white folks like it, then it, it's not challenging them. Basically, hmm. like if like well, Pharrell kind of. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. Pharrell. That's a good example. Or like um. Yeah, I don't know. I just. It, yeah, it's like if everyone is being like, this is the thing. That like if all these white folks are if like, you're not you're cool with this, right? It's like how subversive can I? Maybe, be? but then you think about MLK Day, and you think about you know white people are like, oh, but it's because they misunderstand like what he was really about. Right. So there's also that that happens where you can you can be uh, made to seem light or more fluffy than you actually are, and right. that just means people aren't getting to the point. Um, but there's always levels of engagement, right? Yeah. So if yeah. So yeah. if something inspires someone to think a little bit differently or, you know, take an action, then I think that's good. Well, speaking. <clears throat> take an action. Nice. Speaking of taking action. Oh, speaking no. of not being that's too fluffy. Speaking of there being levels. <laughs> um, there's levels to this ergo-ish. Um, and sometimes we, we turn up. So smooth. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we turn up and, uh, and, and and we confront, you know. We, we, we hold accountable. Uh, we, we start beefs. We, you've probably heard three or four of them just come out this hour. So every week, uh, we didn't even prepare you for this as you are about to be famous. Uh, we, she's we, a listener. Though. Yeah, we, she, she, is, she, may, she may know what's going on. Um, as you are about to be famous, you got to go into the game with a splash. So, so what we do every week is hold a sect of the world accountable that has gotten a pass and now they are running amok is mm-hmm. what I feel. Um, <laughs> and so what we ask each guest is each week, to start beef with an R&B singer. Beef with the R&B singer, any era of the genre, we can go to Motown, to whatever's on GCI right now. Um, you got you to call one out for, mm. for, for any reason. And sometimes they are loving reasons, um, mm. and sometimes they, they are more ant- rightfully antagonistic. Um, I don't know, man. I, I meant to think of something in advance. Um, I think about, you know, do you know Kem? No, I no, you this don't know. This, this is, is great. Real. This is real. You should ask Britt. I hope she listens. I hope Britney listens. I hope oh, no. Malcolm listens. Because I hate Kim. Oh, really? And my mom loves Kim. And they used to come over for our family dinners. And she used to play all this Wait. damn Kim. Oh, no, I, Kim thought, my oh mom I was like, oh my God. No, no. I don't I don't hate Kim. It's I more do. like I don't either. He's just it's more it's of like annoying. I feel like he soundtracked all of my perms. <laughs> and I feel like I wish I could have seen him evolve. Yes, like, right. You know, like it's go natural one, with me. Like him, like come come into this era with oh, me. Oh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> he's a remnant of a bygone era. Yeah, like why'd you stop? Yeah, he's very one dimensional. He's very one dimensional yeah, and, and limited to his to his time and space. Wow. That's so that's the first repeat offender that we've gone at. Yeah, Man, I feel good about that. I do too. I feel really good about that. You have no <laughs> idea. Um, so now we have our other favorite game because um, mm-hmm. you know we, as you do in your work, we like to center the youth here. Our, I think one of our taglines is you know strong young voices. I'm we're so happy to give these young voices this platform. Uh, but but with that, we also like to offer a service to either our listeners or our guests, 
And that service is our favorite game called Let Me School You Youngin. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those who are not familiar with how Ergo does it on WHPK, you are you can, so you could either school the youngins or you can be <laughs> a gamer like us. Though, so <laughs> <laughs> and so what we do is we play an old school track that you may or may not know. I, I, you're gonna know this one, um, but the, the task is: Do you know the name of the artist and the name of the song? Um, and so I mean, I'm 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 hopeful for you. I think okay. I have my I have faith. Uh, so everybody, it's that time of the week. Let me school you, youngin. She was going there. Woo! Right there. Ergo, right. is, Ergo is for the grown and yeah, sexy. Yeah, okay, right yeah. <laughs> so um, if 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 you get this right, you you enter, you are qualified to win um, a one-hour lunch date with Stacy Dash, where oh. she has to be quiet and only listen to what you say about her. She oh. just she just has to take it. She can't res- respond to anything. You could just school her. Dang. For a solid hour. Okay. So this is the grand prize here. That is the grand and prize. She, right. And Enter she pays for lunch. Yeah. Oh, okay. and, yeah, anywhere that you want to go. Okay. All right. So so you think you got it? I, I definitely do. It's Minnie Ripperton, Loving You. Woo! I love Minnie Ripperton. That was a good one. I don't even know what that those were. Was. That was a glass. That was a glass breaker. Oh, that was like a like a garbage can through a window. Yeah, you know. Well, whatever. It sounded more like a sneeze to <laughs> me, but to hey, what do I know? We yeah. will. We will. Hey, we will either get a bo- soundboard or we won't. We won't. And we will not. Is the truth. <laughs> um, so yeah, we go. We go into you in, and, and, and okay. your chances right, are looking good tuned. on this contest. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah, you wanna do, we'll, do, you, do you have do you have something? Do, yes. you, do you have something to, to do? Since we are so unprofessional I, <laughs> and did not prepare and even take the time during the song to prepare. As the <laughs> as do this live on air. Because you know, it's a family. Everybody gets to see the tr- the process. It's transparent. It's all yeah. about process. process. <laughs> yeah. Now whenever I hear anyone say it's all about process, I'm gonna be just like, Oh, they were just unprepared. They just didn't know what I, they were. I'm missing doing. that reference. Is that from something? No. Okay. From what? you. Yeah, you just referred to it, but uh, oh, okay, bet. <laughs> well, we gotta be quiet. As you know, we we uh, we like to come toward the end of each show with some sort of live performance from our guest. Jamila, you gonna read a poem for us? Yes, I'm gonna read this poem that was inspired by Mary Baraka. It's called Black Girl Art. Poems are bullshit unless they are eyeglasses, honey tea with lemon, hot water bottles on tummies. I want poems my grandma wants to tell the ladies at church about. I want orange potato words soaking in the pot till their skins fall off. Words you burn your tongue on. Words on sale two for one. Words that keep my feet dry. I want to hold a poem in my fist in the alley just in case. I want a poem for dude at the bus stop. Oh, you can't talk, ma? Words to make the body inside my body less invisible. Words to teach my sister how to brew remedies in her mouth. Words that grow mama's hair back. Words to detangle the kitchen. I won't write poems unless they are an instruction manual, a bus card, warm shea butter on elbows, water, a finger massage to the scalp, a broomstick, sometimes used for cleaning and sometimes to soar. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much for that wonderful piece and for your presence and talking to us. Uh, I am so excited to have had this conversation. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations Thank you. Uh, for all of your success and all that is to come. Where can they find you? Uh, give them all the social media, any upcoming things that you want them to know as we get out of here. Yes, it's at Damilo, D-U-H-M-I-L-O on Twitter. Um, website, jamila-woods.com. I'm on SoundCloud, Jamila Woods. Um, everyone should come to the Metro on Saturday. Um, tickets are online at the Metro's website. Please come. I heard a rumor that there would be some family members on stage with you. Yes, my sisters are singing with me. And Yo, my friend Allie. Yeah. Y'all are like the Jackson Five without Joe. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Another beef. I think that one's warranted. No, I'm excited to see you do your thing there with the band. And uh, again, thank you so much for being here. Follow her, follow us at Ergo Radio. Damon, you're Damon underscore AF, correct? I am. At Ergo Daniel on Instagram. All the all the links, everything. Yeah, like rock that. with us, man. Yeah, come we on. Can now. Use the followers. Absolutely. The numbers aren't everything, it's quality over quantity, but we'll take the quantity too. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. This is 88.5 WHBK. Much love from Ergo Radio. Wow.